This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, brace yourselves here. Brace yourselves. I think I'm going to get to one of these clips here uh, right off the bat, proving uh, once again why he is the new king of late night. He's pushed all these liberal late night comedy hosts to the side. Greg Gutfeld uh, is the new king of late night. That was uh, one of the best uh, Super Bowl commercials. Uh, even if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, you might have seen uh, Greg Gutfeld's uh, The New King of Late Night uh, commercial that they put together uh, during the Super Bowl. Uh, so yesterday, of course, was Valentine's Day. We didn't do uh, you know a bunch of content uh, focusing on Valentine's Day yesterday. But I'll tell you what, Greg Gutfeld, I... Uh, I spotted this video where Greg Gutfeld uh, was talking about Pete Buttigieg and how Pete Buttigieg is just failing on every front uh, during his tenure as uh, secretary of, of the Department of Transportation at the federal level. He's part of the Biden cabinet. And, you know, he checks he checks one of those woke check boxes. In fact, the only box that he doesn't check is competent, Is was the words of Greg Gutfeld uh, last night on, on his program. But but as I'm, I'm, I'm watching this video, uh, before they got to the roasting of Pete Buttigieg uh, over what's going on in Ohio and elsewhere, he this was just absolutely hilarious. Uh, Greg Gutfeld apparently got some Valentine's cards from Kamala Harris. Here you go. But we got a Valentine's Day card from a very important person today, and it's our favorite VP. Take it away, Kamala. <laughs> Hey, Valentine. There's a time to celebrate Valentine's Day, and that time is now for celebrating because it's the time. <laughs> I love Kamala. <laughs> that was sweet of her. I think she sent a few. Here's another. Hey, Valentine. Thanks for the candy. But I would have preferred a Venn diagram and a yellow school bus you could see with your own eyes. <laughs> Love, Kamala. Last one. Hey, Valentine. <laughs> Love, Kamala. Delight. All, right. all right. I did tell you to brace yourselves, didn't I? I did give you a warning there. I said, all right, brace yourselves for this one here. That laugh, though. I swear you would think that that was actually Kamala Harris sending him those those uh, audio uh, Valentine uh, grams there yesterday. All right. Proven once again why he is the new king of late night. He's actually bringing comedy back to late night TV. It, it kind of disappeared. Uh after Donald Trump was president, they became so obsessed uh, with uh, attacking Donald Trump and tearing down America at every turn that they forgot what comedy was. But thankfully, Greg Gutfeld is here to remind us what comedy is. He's kind of like the John Stewart, but of the right, uh, which is which is a, a right change, if you ask me. 
Reporting from the Montana Legislature, I'm Eleanor Smith. The Senate Business, Labor, and Economic Affairs Committee heard testimony on a bill Tuesday that would give small businesses tax breaks as long as they pay their employees a wage of $15 an hour or more. Democratic Senator Marianne Dunwell from Helena is the sponsor of Senate Bill 259. Montanans deserve the freedom to be able to live where they work and thrive where they work and live. And it circulates the money through the economy back to those small businesses. She said paying employees a livable wage would help workers, economies, and businesses thrive. The bill would provide businesses with 30 employees or less with a $1,000 tax break per year per qualifying employee with a cap of $25,000 total. The tax credit would apply in 24 eligible fields, ranging from bakers to agricultural workers. Two proponents testified for the bill, including Amanda Frickle, who represented the AFL-CIO. We promote the dignity of work, we respect workers, and what this bill does is it adds dignity back into work. For those who work for a living, let's make sure that they actually can make a living when they do those jobs. There was one opponent of the bill. Alan Lloyd is the executive director of the Montana Society of CPAs. Adding credits back into the code just starts the ball rolling to take us back to an overly complicated tax system. We oppose this bill and any bill that would add credits back into the Montana tax code. The committee did not take immediate action on the bill. This legislative update is brought to you by the University of Montana School of Journalism, the Montana Broadcasters and Newspaper Associations, and the Greater Montana Foundation. From the latest on the China spy balloon coverage to the drag queens that showed up at the Montana legislature, Montana Talks is the show where we cover a lot of ground, even more than a China spy balloon some days. It's also the show where you get a chance to call in. You get a chance to be heard all across Montana and hear what others have to say. Montana Talks, we take you statewide every month. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. MontanaAdvocates.com. That's MontanaAdvocates.com. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, since we're already on this Valentine's Day kick, I do want to get to uh, what Greg Gutfeld had to say about Pete Buttigieg uh, and how he is failing on every front as the Secretary of Transportation in the Biden administration. Uh, but really, it's it's not just it's not just Mayor Pete. It's it's uh, it's his entire cabinet. It's every single one of these unserious leaders that we have in in uh, in the Biden administration in Washington D.C. in particular. I'll get to that here, but while we're on this post Valentine's Day recap for you here, let, let's keep it rolling. Uh, we I shared a story on our Montana Talks website yesterday from our buddy Mark Wilson. Uh, he did a roll up of uh, some of the uh, favorite uh, love songs for Valentine's Day. Uh, that were that were shared with uh, with him, and that he's uh, he's uh, he's uh, shared uh, in country radio over the years. Uh, first, the funny ones, the queen of my double wide trailer, and uh, and then thank God in Greyhound, she's gone. Uh, those were uh, some of the funny Valentine's Day stories, and then uh, of course they got I'll still be loving you by Restless Heart. Uh, Kenny Rogers had several, Lady. Morning Desire, She Believes in Me, and Islands in the Stream. And then, of course, George Strait, The King, I Cross My Heart, and One Night at a Time. Uh, another Golden Oldie, Unchained Melody, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Anyway, those are, those are some of the songs uh, that are apparently some Montana radio listeners 
favorite Valentine's Day songs. Uh, we, uh, we played the clip of Greg Gutfeld uh, in the Kamala Harris Valentine's Day cards. Can you still hear that in the background? Well, uh, Jimmy Fela, the guy who went from being a cab driver in New York City uh, to now uh, being a stand-up comic with his own uh, program on Fox, uh, he joined Laura Ingram last night as well. And, of course, we are your Fox News affiliate here on these Montana Talks radio stations here uh, this morning, 1450 KMMS Bozeman, 970 KBUL Billings. Uh, here was uh, Jimmy Fallop uh, talking about some of the Valentine's Day cards uh, that he received as well. Jimmy, what do you think what that Biden writes on his Valentine's Day cards? What do you think he's writing? Oh, if you got a Valentine from Biden today, it says Happy St. Patrick's Day. That's my first guess. Exactly. My second guess is it probably gets a little kinky from there. You know, like I never have problems with inflation when you're around. You know, something like mm. that, Laura. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a night to remember, but I'll forget your name. Like this isn't good stuff. But the truth is Biden sent Jill balloons for Valentine's Day, but Norad shot them down. So now it's a mess. And we understand they are benign, right? There was no significant payload on the balloons. So, And did China launch them? And have they been observing them since the balloons left China, which they're all made in China anyway, and floated to the White House? I mean, right? Okay, now what about Kamala? What would a card from Kamala say? Oh, wow. Uh, roses are red. Violets are blue. If you like dumb women, I'm the gal for you. That's my mm. first guess. Very self-deprecating. My second guess is, please be my Valentine because my husband is kissing Jill Biden. Oh man, those uh, those last two were pretty harsh there. <laughs> but the the uh, the Jill Biden one was pretty funny though. Uh, Jimmy Fela, a stand-up comic, there on with Laura Ingram last night. All right, so what did uh, Greg Gutfeld have to say? Like I say, I. I watched this uh, Greg Gutfeld episode because I wanted to see what he had to say about uh, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, and the, how he is failing on multiple fronts. But then I ended up laughing my uh, you-know-what off watching the uh, Kamala Harris Valentine's cards. Okay, here, let's get to it here. Gutfeld on Buttigieg uh, complaining about white construction workers. So you think the transportation secretary would have been on the case ASAP? No, it wasn't until last night that he said something, 10 days later, tweeting that he continues to be concerned about the families impacted and that the EPA is monitoring the air quality. That sounds like real concern. All he left out was, your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. <laughs> Such a robot. And while this was going on, what was he talking about instead? This we have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. You got that? Too many construction workers are white. <laughs> Except he doesn't even have the balls to even say the word white. Dude, if that bothers you so much, why not give your job to a black guy? We, we know it would be a guaranteed improvement. I'll do it. There you go. Tyrus is in. So instead of addressing how the Ohio derailment will affect the nearby town, businesses, farmers, the supply chain, he's talking race. 
It's another example of chasing a non-problem at the expense of real problems. Yes, we have a shortage of pilots and planes are experiencing near misses, but at least the flight attendants' uniforms are non-binary. Uh, anyway, proving once again why he is the king of late night, the new king of late night there, Greg Gutfeld. Great episode. All right, lots more to come here on Montana Talks. Get to your news, your weather, your farm and ranch report, and more. Hey, uh, speaking of, of lots more to come, you know, one of the great things about Farm 406 is they're always innovating. They're always looking for new ways to serve you, uh, you know, folks across Montana. Uh, for example, you know, if you need prescriptions, if you live in the Billings area, they'll drive your prescriptions to you. I saw their van cruising around yesterday. Or if you live elsewhere, they will mail you your prescriptions. And when your prescriptions show up, they'll already be organized not only by day, but by time of day as well. Uh, so uh, constantly innovating. Uh, they've got other products there, too. I mean, if you need uh, medical uh, type of mobility supplies, they've got those at Farm 406. For any of you uh, workout uh, well, at Walmart, CBS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage, N-A-V, A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, the USDA is releasing the first $850 million in conservation program funding from the $18 billion provided by the Inflation Reduction Act to help ramp up the adoption of climate-smart farming practices. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says there's more benefits of adopting climate-smart farming practices than just having healthier soils. So the Department of Agriculture, working in partnership with a variety of other folks, including great universities like this one, will basically provide the resources to allow you to embrace climate-smart practices and then work with markets that are ready, willing, and able to pay for those climate-smart commodities why? Because their customers are asking for it. Now, the new funding will be available through NRCS programs like the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, or EQIP, the Conservation Stewardship Program, or CSP, along with the Agricultural Conservation Easement Program and the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. By the way, Secretary Vilsack says that this year's allocation now sets the table for even larger increases to come, and as much as $1.7 billion would be available next year. For more details, please contact your local NRCS office. Stay with us. We'll have more Ag News right after this. Unfortunately, identity theft has become a real concern in today's world. However, the Montana Farm Bureau can help. As a Farm Bureau member, if you ever suspect you could have an identity theft issue, you now have available identity theft consultation to assist in answering your questions and getting you started on the road to recovery. A licensed case manager will work on your behalf by providing assistance to reestablish the integrity of your personal identity. To find out more about this and all of Montana Farm Bureau's benefits, visit mfbf.org. Building an active and wholesome lifestyle involves taking small but mighty steps to achieve that goal. Beef contains essential nutrients like protein, iron, zinc, and B vitamins that help in fueling each little step. So take a step toward your goals with beef. Achieve more with beef. Learn more about beef's essential nutrients at beefitswhatsfordinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. 
Well, U.S. beef exports set annual records for both volume and value in 2022. And U.S. Meat Export Federation President and CEO Dan Hallstrom says that last year was a groundbreaking year for U.S. beef's international presence with global demand stronger than he's seen in any of his years in the industry. On the beef side, uh, 2022 came in, finished up a record year as expected. Uh, we were up a couple percent on volume and uh, set a new record by far on the value at uh, $11.7 billion in exports. Uh, broad-based growth continues to be the theme. We had records set in several markets, including China, Korea, uh, and several others. So in that perspective, the beef side uh, has a lot of momentum going into 2023. And finally this morning, National FFA Week officially kicks off this Saturday, February 18th, and runs through February 25th this year. Of course, National FFA Week is a great time for FFA members to raise awareness about the National FFA organization's role in developing future leaders, as well as the importance of agricultural education. Get more details online at FFA.org. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nimitz. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Gal, I know we, we spent so much time talking with him about this, uh, about the big uh, China spy balloon. What is China really up to? What could they uh, do? Why, why are these uh, satellites not just enough? Why would China need something like a spy balloon over Montana? How much more beneficial could a spy balloon be than even all the satellites and the other capabilities that China might have uh, to spy on our nuclear missile silos or, or other, other uh, critical infrastructure, whatever they might be looking for. Uh, on Monday, we spoke with uh, former CIA operations officer Sam Faddis on the show, and that full audio was on our Montana Talks website already, uh, not only in a headline and a story all of its own, if you want to just do a quick read on what he had to say, uh, but the full audio uh, in our on-demand section as well. But one topic I didn't ask him about, which would have been very interesting to ask him about, would have been... Uh, this story that he also wrote for his website and magazine. The headline is this, Pete Buttigieg and Chernobyl in Ohio. Chernobyl in Ohio. I mean, basically, when when, when we, uh, when we uh, are talking about this situation in East Palestine, Ohio, and that's how they pronounce it, Palestine, not Palestine. It's apparently pronounced East Palestine, that basically... The, the mushroom cloud went up. Somebody made a decision to – they were trying to clear the tracks, and so, and, and so somebody made the decision to basically light all these chemicals on fire. They thought, well, we can get rid of these chemicals. The chemicals are, are uh, polluting the river, uh, whatever. For whatever reason, somebody made the decision to light, the, to light this thing on fire, and that's when things really, uh, really blew up here. But, but the point that – Sam Faddis was making is the point now that, that Greg Gutfeld and many others have made here is uh, you have got to you've got to be kidding me when you've got a, a Pete Buttigieg transportation secretary who's spending more time complaining about racist bridges, racist roads, complaining that there's too many white construction workers. Well, we got real problems going on in our in our aviation industry, in our railroads, not just to Amtrak, but also uh, train derailments. 
Uh, we've had just problems across the board, and this guy is too busy focused on all these unserious issues. But this was the point that, and the reason why Sam Faddis' insight on this would be very interesting is because he did counter weapons of mass destruction for the CIA. Not only was he operations officer who was an, an operator on the ground, he was one of the first, led one of the first covert teams into into Iraq before the invasion, uh, but he also uh, he also uh, headed up their their counter weapons of mass destruction program uh, for the CIA. And so, so when he gives us his insight on, you know, how chemicals could be combined and the impacts of doing this with a chemical versus doing that with a chemical, and what the effects could be on a massive scale. He knows what he's talking about. So I, I want to tell you what he had to say about uh, this whole uh, East Palestine, Ohio train derailment and then how authorities made things much worse after they decided uh, to burn the chemicals. I'll explain here in 60 seconds. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. The man who shot eight students, killing three at Michigan State University Monday, changed after his mother died two years ago. According to his father, he says he urged his son to get rid of his guns. MSU senior Jackie Matthews was 11 years old at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut when 20 kids and six adults were shot and killed. I am 21 years old, and this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through. She put out a TikTok video. An MSU freshman on campus during the shooting was at Oxford High School outside Detroit during a shooting 15 months ago. A man accused of driving a U-Haul truck into people in Brooklyn, New York, Monday's due in court today. 62-year-old Wang Soar facing charges of second-degree murder and seven counts of attempted murder. The violent rampage left a 44-year-old man dead and another in a medically induced coma. It's Fox 5 New York, Sharon Crowley. Police say the attacker was suffering from a mental health crisis. His family says he was off his medication. America's listening to Fox News. All right, from the article, Pete Buttigieg in Chernobyl in Ohio. I want to play some audio of uh, U.S. Senator J.D. Vance. He's uh, the newly elected Republican senator uh, out of Ohio. I want to play that uh, here uh, maybe maybe after our next break for you. Uh, and he, he joined Tucker Carlson last night. Tucker, I think, also uh, highlighted this this fact as well, uh, but it was already covered on Sam Fattis's And Magazine. Okay, so here we go. So he's talking about just how, you know, Pete Buttigieg is focused on all these other nonsensical things when there's real problems going on in our uh, transportation sectors across America. Uh, Fattis writes this. Authorities made the decision to burn the vinyl chloride to prevent de derailed tanker cars from exploding. When vinyl chloride burns, it turns into hydrogen chloride. When hydrogen chloride enters the atmosphere, it bonds with water vapor and forms hydrochloric acid. That means hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid have now been released into the environment. He added this, there was no precedent for an event of this type on this scale. The only previous similar incident involved the derailment of a single tanker car in New Jersey. But in that case, the authorities did not burn the, uh, the spilled chemicals. So anyway, this is where, and, and, and then uh, Sam Fattis then goes on to detail how, you know, they're seeing all of these problems with their animals, with their livestock, cattle. Uh, chickens and, and 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 anybody who's taken any any sort of a basic course on you know uh, 
you know, camera bio threats uh, would know, hey, one of the first signs to look for is uh, crazy things happening with the animals. If there's crazy things happening with the animals, look out, watch out. There's something else going on here. And yet, so think about how big this story is, how, uh, you know, borderline unprecedented this is, uh, the level of, of what's, what's taking place here. And yet, the legacy media is basically ignoring is basically ignoring this story, just like they ignore uh, so many of the problems that are happening under under Joe Biden's watch here. In fact, the DailyWire.com uh, reports uh, here uh, that uh, legacy media networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC have spent less than 30 combined minutes covering the Norfolk Southern train derailment that has throttled East Palestine, Ohio, and threatened the health of millions living in the Ohio River Basin. And and the, the, the good point that, that Tucker Carlson also made last night and, and the night prior as well is we have an administration that uh, they, they constantly talk about, about climate change and the threat of climate change and potential disaster that could happen down the... And they have actual disasters that happen under their watch, some of which they've created, and and they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about real world, see it with your own eyes, you know, environmental disaster, but they want to keep scaring the pants off of everybody with their climate alarmist nonsense. It's crazy. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I want to uh, talk more about this uh, train derailment and the uh, follow-on uh, coverage, or shall we say lack thereof, from East Palestine, Ohio. But first, a, a, uh, a story closer to home, a sad, uh, sad update here closer to home. Uh, R.Y. Timber, uh, R.Y. Timber in, in Livingston, uh, they just uh, announced that it, that it will be shutting down. Uh, they will not reopen the Livingston Mill. And uh, this was, you know, just sad news. I think they just got hit with, what was it, the second fire here in recent months. And you, you might recall previously they used to have uh, not only a location in Livingston, but also in towns in Montana as well. And, you know, just the ongoing challenges in our timber industry, the lack of access uh, to product on our federal lands in particular, that's just been an ongoing challenge. And so they, they had consolidated their operations in Livingston. And then now the news has come out uh, that RY Timber uh, will be shutting down, uh, will not reopen their Livingston mill. Uh, uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale uh, uh, sent us a statement uh, yesterday morning here, uh, I'm disappointed to hear that RY Timbers will not reopen after the fire at their Livingston Mill last week, serving as one of our nation's leading suppliers of Rocky Mountain grown timber for over 25 years. This closure will have a devastating economic impact on Livingston and the surrounding communities. My office is working with RY Timber to provide support for the displaced workers and their families so yeah we had uh, first we had the news last week of sydney sugars shutting down uh, the sugar beet factory 
in eastern Montana, now the news for R.Y. Timber and Livingston. So uh, another uh, hit uh, to our state uh, uh, there. All right, I, th- I think we've got some more uh, more reactions uh, that, that we can uh, probably track down for you as well. Uh, I think I, I think I saw Senator Steve Daines speak out on this very topic also. Okay, uh, back to this story uh, now, uh, and really uh, what appears to be a major environmental disaster. Now, uh, you know, the, the, the Biden administration uh, officials are, you know, putting out statements saying, hey, it's not that bad. Hey, don't worry about it. They've got some EPA folks on the ground. Uh, I, uh, By the way, I saw a tweet from a former uh, Trump EPA uh, senior official and she is just beside herself at the lack of response from senior officials within the Environmental Protection Agency. See, the Environmental Protection Agency under under Joe Biden, they're too busy going after farmers for that 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 tiny little uh, patch of water that that comes through once a year. They want to regulate your farm based on on a, a tiny little intermittent stream that you may only get once a year. And so they, they're too busy, you know, going after you, the American people, than, than protecting you, the American people, apparently here. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you what Mandy Gunasakara uh, had to say about this whole disaster. But first, here's a, a Ohio Senator J.D. Vance on with Tucker Carlson last night. Well, I think it was Governor DeWine, but also uh, local officials on the ground, the fire department, and also in consultation with the railroads. So I'm not going to second guess the decision. I think they were faced with two very bad options. One, to do the controlled chemical burn. Uh, the second, to effectively potentially allow the train to explode, which would throw deb- debris potentially for miles and also lead to the same chemical spillage issues that we're dealing with right now. Uh, I think the question really for the future is, how do we make sure the air is breathable and especially the water is drinkable. We, we know from readouts uh, that we have some contaminated water in the area. The Ohio River as far south as, as Cincinnati, uh, which is where I live, has shown some evidence that they've been contaminated with the chemicals that were on this train. So the main thing that we need to focus on right now is testing, 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 making sure the water is actually drinkable so we don't cause health problems for Ohio residents uh, indefinitely into the future. You know, how concerned are you about this? Because it brings to mind for me other instances, like 9-11, for example, when people were told that it was safe to go back, and then they had health problems five years, 10 years, 15 years later, cancer in many cases. So you're looking at your constituents now, and, and how do you give them a, a sense of comfort, if there is any, that it is actually safe for them to return to this area? I think the way that you give people comfort is to be honest with them. And the honest truth right now is that we need to monitor the water very closely. Um, we're, we're doing now private well testing because one of the ways that you can test whether the water has been contaminated is to look at some of these private wells. So I'd encourage everybody in Columbiana County there in Ohio to get their private wells tested. That's one of the ways that we gather information about whether this water is drinkable. We're also working on a couple of initiatives in our Senate office to make sure that we can give people the confidence that their health is going to be taken care of. But there's no shortcut here. We had a disastrous chemical spill. I think that it's because some serious mistakes were made. You saw the governor talk about how the train was not designated as high hazardous. He called me just a few minutes before the press conference. If that's true and we're going to follow up on it, that is outrageous and unacceptable. So the way to gain people's trust is to treat them like adults and to level with them to get their communities healthy. I don't think there's any shortcut here. All right. And then uh, what about 
what did S- Senator J.D. Vance have to say particularly about uh, the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg? I'll, I'll, we'll talk about the EPA here in just a second as well. Uh, but first, uh, what he had to say about uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. So you and Representative Ilan Omar are on the same page on this in calling out the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg for what some see as yet another delayed response to, to this. Uh, so do you, do you find yourself with some interesting company, and, and why criticize Pete Buttigieg on this? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons, and certainly I think I agree with Congresswoman, Congresswoman Omar on this. Look, the Secretary of Transportation has been the recipient of hundreds of billions of dollars of infrastructure funding, and yet it looks in a lot of ways like our infrastructure is degrading or certainly not getting better. The second thing is, yesterday, Pete Buttigieg had the opportunity to address this problem. He instead talked about the excessive amount of, this is not a joke, too many white men in the construction industry. That is not a serious concern for this country right now. What's going on in East Palestine is the Secretary of Transportation needs to focus on real problems, not fake problems. And until he does, people are going to wonder whether he's doing his job. I mean, we'd like to ask him what's being done in the $1.9 trillion infrastructure bill to make sure that these kinds of derailments don't happen again, because they're happening really at an alarming rate. I just have a couple of seconds here for a very quick response, Senator, if you can. Look, we do have major infrastructure problems. You're exactly right. We spend a lot of money to make sure that we don't, and we need answers from the Secretary of Transportation about why this stuff keeps happening. All right, there you go. That was uh, J.D. Vance, the first uh, clip from Tucker Carlson's program last night, and then you could hear he was on uh, with uh, Martha McCallum on Fox as well. This is what Mandy Gunasekra has to say. Mandy Gunasekra, she joined us a while back here on Montana Talks. Uh, I forget what the topic we were covering at the time. I think it had to do with Biden's energy policy and how Biden's energy policy is actually worse for the environment under their own metrics. If we want to use their metrics as a grading system, Donald Trump got better grades on the environment than Joe Biden is getting here. Uh, but but she's, she just wrote a piece for the Independent Women's Forum, IWF.org. EPA administrator's absence at East Palestine train disaster is inexcusable. If 80 to 90 percent of the job is just showing up, the Biden cabinet is absolutely failing. This is the legacy of an absentee president who has brought on board an absentee cast of secretaries and administrators whose aloof approach to serious jobs is causing harm to the American people today. The Secretary of Energy has laughed at high gas prices. The public knows more about Pete Buttigieg's personal life than his plans for safeguarding and streamlining our transportation systems. And in the face of a major environmental disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, the EPA administrator is nowhere to be seen. In fact, I couldn't even tell you right now. Who is the EPA administrator? Couldn't even tell you their name. Who, who is the EPA? What what, what, what uh, unserious leader is in charge of the EPA right now? Uh, anyway, uh, during the Obama administration, the United States experienced some of the worst environmental disasters in recent history. Yet just like today, corporate media largely gave the Democrat administration a free pass. In 2014, the Flint, Michigan water crisis came to light after local residents were exposed to high concentrations of lead and serious health issues were discovered by local doctors. 
But see, at the time, Obama's D.C.-based political leadership was busy pursuing its all-encompassing climate agenda and ignored concerns raised by regional staff that could have prevented the proliferation of this disaster. Then, of course, as she points to the 2015 Gold King mine spill. Remember that one? Uh, that was the one where literally the whole freaking river turned uh, turned like orange, right, if I remember right? Anyway, the, the point she's making is that here you've got, you know, uh, a significant disaster that has taken place. And the EPA administrator, nowhere to be found, nowhere to be found. And, and uh, this uh, this piece, by the way, written by Mandy Gunasekra, who is the chief of staff for the Environmental Protection Agency under Donald Trump. You know, when they actually focused on serious environmental issues and not this climate alarmist uh, racist bridge nonsense. Your morning cup of Sean. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Uh, the U.S. Air Force downed airborne objects over Alaska on Friday, Northwest Canada on Saturday, Lake Huron on Sunday, and none of this has been tied to China or any other country, but Kirby said more information will be gleaned once their remnants are retrieved. So they don't even know, they're just guessing. They just don't want that the political headache. And then Kirby goes on to say the last three objects that Biden shot down were most likely benign. So you're guessing that it's most likely benign? Uh, I am guessing uh, that that tumor uh, on your neck is most likely benign. Maybe it is most likely benign, but until you can say with certainty, why are you even bothering making a guess? doesn't make any sense at all. But that's your, that's your federal government. The conservative underground meets later today on the Sean Hannity Show. I want to remind you about something that you wouldn't think could happen, but it can, and it's people can steal your home. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real, and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but Home Title Lock does. They want to give you an absolutely free, no obligation uh, verification that your home is still in your name. You register for 30 days of protection for free. Just go to Home Title. Renewal by Anderson of Montana. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Uh, yeah, our producer, Travis, uh, tracked down the uh, the statement, uh, the response here from Montana Senator Steve Daines as well about the, the closure of R.Y. Timber. Uh, Senator Steve Daines said this, the news of R.Y. Timber closing is extremely disappointing, and I stand with R.Y. and the community of Livingston during this hard time. R.Y. Timber and the good-paying jobs forestry and lumber create for Livingston are extremely important to the Montana economy. He added this, I will continue to advocate for responsible management of our forests and address litigation against responsible projects, which will create more jobs in stronger communities. So, of course, when he talks about litigation there, he's referencing 
uh, what has been a repeated problem here in Montana. These radical environmental groups constantly filing uh, lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, working in tandem with these radical liberal judges on the federal bench uh, to shut these types of projects down that support these local mills uh, and other manufacturing facilities. Uh, Clint in Columbia Falls uh, sent us a message on the Montana Talks app here. Why did they poke a hole in the tanker? He's referring, of course, here to the uh, uh, to the East Palestine, Ohio uh, incident here, train derailment, and then uh, the decision to burn the chemicals. Uh, why did they poke a hole in the tanker? Uh, to drain into a ditch to burn versus transferring the chemical into tanker trucks and uh, and transporting it to its destination. Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good question there. Uh, yeah, and I I don't know if uh, uh, and and that message came in before I played the the soundbite there from Ohio Senator J D Vance, but. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, and, and now, did, did they feel they had enough time? I, I think we'll eventually get get the story here in some sort of an after action review. Is so why did they make the decision they did? Did, did? Were they afraid that they didn't have much time that it all, it all might blow up and cause another catastrophe, and then end up burning the chemicals anyway? So did they figure, I, you know, that that's certainly something that uh, that needs to be asked and and will be looked into here. So uh, so great question, Clint. Thanks to Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, and on a story like this, I think about how many railroaders we have that listen to this show, how many folks that are involved in them, in the transportation business and in shipping. Uh, many of you have a, probably a significant background in, in hazmat, hazardous materials. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we could get some, some very interesting insight and good questions from some of our listeners as well. What about the uh, the China spy balloon, and what about these other objects, including the object that was apparently spotted over Haver, Montana, that led to the shutdown of the airspace this past Saturday night over Haver? Uh, that uh, object that was apparently spotted on radar over Haver, uh, they tell us, was the same object that was later shot down over Lake Huron, Michigan. Uh, Dan Crenshaw, congressman out of Texas, uh, has now detailed uh, what he uh, heard in a in the uh, the classified briefing yesterday, he's given us the unclass readout here. Uh, he says everyone wants answers on the objects flying over the United States. Today, members of Congress finally got more info from senior military officials. Here's what we found out. He says we still don't know what these other three objects were. We're calling them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenons. We knew exactly what the China spy balloon was, and immediate steps were taken to stop its data from being sent to China. The UAPs were in FAA commercial zones and had no signals or navigation lights. The first two UAPs were smaller, the size of an ATV, and harder to detect. The third resembled a balloon and was easier for the radar to pick up. All moved with wind currents. Why are we just now seeing them? And, you know, he's just reporting what he was told. He's given us a readout here. Why are we just now seeing them? Heightened surveillance means we're tracking more objects. These objects passed near DOD facilities and posed a danger to commercial aircraft. That's why they were shut down. Uh, newer technology has allowed for more detection in recent years. Uh, UAPs weren't detected before because our radars were not adjusted for slow-moving objects. He says there's obviously still a lot we don't know, and he says he's going to continue pushing for transparency. Again, I still think we have got to look for smaller objects. That's what the drug cartels are using, too. So why wouldn't we? 